We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, your favorite game show podcast. Yes, you. I'm John Baker. When did you get your beard trimmed? I didn't. Really? Yeah. Do you put stuff in it? No. It looks great today. Thank you. I'm Jonathan Montney. I showered. I'm Jonathan Montney. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Aficionado. You've had beards for much more parts of your life than I have. Much more parts of my life. You struggle with words at the beginning of our podcast. I struggle with words all the time. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. They're hard. Words are hard. So thank you for supporting me. You're welcome. In this endeavor. Mm-hmm. I know it, it's very brave of me to come on here and speak when I struggle with words so much. It is. So you could kind of call me a hero. This is my way of giving you immersion therapy. Uh, which is the type of therapy made popular. Where you put people underwater and just hold their heads Correct. Down. And then when they die, they don't have fears anymore. That's true. So <laughs> they can't really have and fears. And sometimes you can bring her back to life. And That's true. And it's a win-win. Right. And then ev- all the fears that they had seem insignificant because they had almost died. Now, at this point, they might be afraid of water. Fair. But would you rather be afraid of clowns or water? Probably clowns. I feel like I encounter water a lot more frequently. And than in I that instance, clowns. and that's fair. And, th- and we have that reaction a lot. Okay. In that instance, we will then re-immerse immersion therapy you to be murdered to make- by a clown. Be <laughs> just as afraid of clowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about tattletales. Woo! Uh, I liked. I think those should be, should be called snitches. Snitches. And well. Uh, who is um, Gandhi? Remember when he said snitches get stitches? I do. That was on his third album, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, salt. Salt Bay. Straight out of Dolly. <laughs> Dolly World. No wait, that's I'm mixing up my uh, religious labels. I think I was doing like a Dalai Lama thing. Oh yeah. Uh, I meant straight out of Mumbai. Okay, is what I meant to say. And I meant Salt Bay because it was good at the beginning. This right. thing? Yeah. This guy who does this thing? Yeah. I didn't know about that guy until like a month ago. And apparently it was like a five-year-old thing. Well, you don't get on social media. I don't get swayed by the influencer Otzi. I don't know. I just thought I could add that Otzi yeah. there. And you Honestly, nowadays you can add it to anything. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about Tattletales today. It's a game show, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we do every episode, I guess. Hey. I don't know if I needed to clarify. Maybe this is their first listen. And if this is your know. first listen, we're going to talk about a game show today on this yeah. game show podcast. Mm-hmm. And first, we've got a sponsor. We do. And I'm just reading the document title, and I feel like this is going to be a little snarky, <laughs> but I don't know for sure. So I guess I'll find out. Our sponsor today is a fun local restaurant local to wherever you are listening to this, is a fun local restaurant with mouth-watering burgers and taste bud tantalizing desserts. Now open in downtown Dallas. Okay, so you have to live in the Dallas area. Correct, yes. Okay, that's where. If you don't live there, fuck off. Most of our listeners are from Dallas, so this is geared towards... That's what the analytics show, and that is... we trust the computers mm-hmm. to run everything. Now open in downtown Dallas, Twisties is the perfect place for a family dinner. Before we go over some of the scrumptious menu items, the owner, Chad Wilkerson as a real man, wants to clear up any questions you may have regarding the title of his restaurant. No, this is not named after the debilitating and dangerous mental block that some gymnasts get called the Twisties. Chad's great-grandfather started a street vendor cart named Twisties after the unique cinnamon sticks that were twisted together similar to Taco Bell's cinnamon twists. Chad also wants to be clear regarding their menu challenge called The Quitter. The name is referencing a five-pound burger challenge where a patron is given the chance to consume the entire burger along with three twisties in under five minutes for a chance at a free meal and t-shirt. These are in no way a reference to Simone Biles and her current situation at the Olympics in Tokyo. And lastly, Chad wants to get ahead of any criticism or misunderstandings with his upcoming October milkshake, The Vile Bile. 
Wow. It is a mint chocolate chip milkshake made to look like stomach bile. Mmm, appetizing. It's delicious and will be available for a limited time beginning October 1st this year. Again, this is in no way related to the talented and strong gymnast Simone Bile, whom Chad supports and wishes well. Come on down, listeners. We'll receive 13.766% off their meal. Chad is aware that Simone... I don't know Simone... if you have to say anything or do anything. You just... They'll, they'll know. They'll know. <laughs> it's, they'll... Like, it's like... Uh, vaccinated people don't have to wear masks they'll know how do you know i don't know the, uh, try, try, yeah 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 uh chad is aware that simone's vault score was 13.766 but he wants to be clear that one has been off he's been offering this discount for years now and two the discount is a combination of his favorite number 130 137 and his wife's favorite number 66 twisties we were named before the simone biles thing wow unfortunate for them i bet you they're getting a lot of bad press considering she's a hero absolutely and it's because people have taken a, a disliking to his particular name and some of the things in the menu we discussed and they have it's now 1.4 stars on uh, google reviews it's like uh, corona the beer the beer yeah same sort of thing i think corona sales went up okay it's like uh delta airlines <laughs> <laughs> the delta variant yeah yeah so anyway thank you to chad wilkerson wilkerson sorry i didn't know we had to say his full name every single time well, he, he's got a full name so. okay so today we're going to be talking about tattletales mm. this is a game show from the 70s hey this is a game show you know it's just about it's about the one percenters wow not, it's not about real people just about a bunch of richy riches. Well, the real people are in the audience. That's true. And they're the ones really winning. And they get trickle-down prizes. Ooh. So. It all works out. <laughs> and don't question it. Focus on little weird things about race and sex and gender instead. While these people over here control everything and keep you down. Focus on that other stuff, guys. <laughs> Tattletales. Yeah. Another ploy... In the Rich and Powerful's attempt to entertain and distract us. Mm. Was a CBS game show from 1974 to 78. And again, from 1982 to 84. They took a little little nap there yeah. for a couple of years. We call that in America a nap. Right, that's what I said. For sure. Okay. Oh, uh, we call it in Mexico a napo. Siesta. Right. Is siesta technically a female word? Uh, siestex is the preferred term for <laughs> for uh, napping now. Okay, sorry. It goes siestex. Okay, got it. So this show, it was a it was this was a Goodson Todman production, which a lot of game shows that sounds familiar are. We've done we've done many of their game shows before, and so there's a probably pretty decent amount of overlap in the participant participants of all of those shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, so this was. Hosted by Bert Convey. Bert Convey, I think we've mentioned him before because at one point he was the host of Super Password. Mm-hmm. So I think on our Password episode, we probably at least passingly, passwordingly mentioned him. Mm. I mean, Convey more like convict because he stole my attention and my heart. Nice. Nice. He was also a good friend of Bert Reynolds. They had a production really? company together. It was oh called like God. the Two Berts or Bert and Bert or something like that. That's funny. But his name was spelled B E R T, Convius. Like Bert and Ernie. Exactly. But Bert Reynolds' name was spelled B U R T, like Bert Reynolds. Like Burp, but with a T. <laughs> exactly. That's you how I would a... explain myself if my <laughs> name was B U R T. Did you learn this in PA English? <laughs> <laughs> I was vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you how my brain works. Uh-huh. And it was a dark time for me. Right. And you're going to hold that against me? Absolutely. Okay. For great. a long time. Great. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember there was that one time in college where you were... I was playing Gears of War on the How would you bring this up? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We can edit it out. I'll edit it out. Oh, okay, okay. I'll edit it out. Sure. And you had... And you were in an altered state. Correct. I'll I was say, in the tail end of an altered state. I'll say that. And you'd gotten a little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. And there were, I don't know, some tears? There were definitely there tears. There were some tears. 
And you said something along, maybe you remember better, I don't know. But you said something along the lines of, mm-hmm. um, I'm jealous of you mm-hmm. because I'm alone and unhappy and you have a girlfriend because I had a girlfriend at the yeah. time and you you have someone and you're happy and I, re- I just realized that I'm jealous of you. Well, I think it, it was ultimately deep down a testament as to how bad of a friend you were mm-hmm. because we lived together. Mm-hmm. We did everything together. Yeah, of course. And yet I still felt so lonely. Yeah. So. So I was playing Gears of War and you're sitting next to me on the couch and you you made this heartfelt confession to me correct and so i'm a friend i we do everything together mm-hmm. i of course i'm going to reach out and comfort you <laughs> so i said hey man it's okay some of us have boy parts and some of us have girl parts yeah which was knocked me straight back to earth because which, it was so true which 12 years ago was accurate but that's not true anymore <laughs> Because that's true. another thing that the powerful people are using to distract it's us with an right outdated. now. Outdated. That's an outdated thing that I said, and it's offensive. And frankly, I should be canceled. Mm-hmm. I'm canceling myself right now. I cancel you, and I ch- I cancel Chad Wilkerson. I don't give a shit about his family restaurant. That's a good point. That's a good point. Chad, fuck off. We're not ever going to promote you on this podcast again. And that's a come on down promise. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a problem, why don't you come on down and talk to us about it? Yeah, I dare you, Chad Wilkerson. So. Bert Convy, mm-hmm. he he hosted this show. He was a an actor, entertainer, comedian. He was just kind of like again at this in this time period from like the fifties through the eighties. I would say there were a lot of people that were just kind of Swiss Army knife entertainer, famous people. Yeah, they would be a game show host. They would be in a Broadway show. They would and they would do a lot of stuff. I think. I guess probably because you got paid a lot less for each of those individual things back at in that time period. Whereas now, like if you become famous for anything, you just have millions of dollars and you can just do whatever you want or not do whatever you want. Whereas I think back then, if you were an well, entertainer, you had to like keep doing different things to entertain, to keep making a living and yeah. and things like that. You had to go on game shows or host game shows or pop into this TV spot or whatever it is. I think. Well, I think like all it boils down to is the creator's access to some sort of a platform they so that a- advertisers can come in. Because, I mean, who pays all the bills? Advertisers. Mm-hmm. And at that time, advertisers had, you know, two forms of, right. you know, getting into people's brains. And it was TV and radio. And now everybody has their own form of streaming in a way if you are popular on instagram Ever all the influencer rossi i stop trying to make that i work. think it's gonna catch on i don't think it's gonna catch on it'll catch on by the end of this episode so bert convy he sweet story about bert mm. he was married for 32 years 1990 rolls around eight so that was six years after this one off the air for good okay 1990 rolls around april he suffers um, some little, like, uh, um, what's that word? Seizures. Okay. A couple seizures. Right. Goes to the hospital. Mm. They say, you've got glioblastoma, brain cancer, you're going to die. And so in his last few months. And then they say, what do you think your wife is going to say? Well, here's what she's going to say. Here are the divorce papers. Because five months before he died, he got divorced from his wife of 32 years and then married a 25-year-old woman uh, on his deathbed before he died. (laughs) Okay. So good for him. What a weird... Why? Why? Because we all deserve happiness. Because probably... He probably realized that he's like lugging this old bag around for the last few decades... (laughs) And he's like, this, yeah, this is just what life is. And then he had that perspective of he's imminent death yeah. where he was like, what have I done with my life? Mm. I should be banging 25-year-olds. I'm Bert fucking Convy. Yeah. And so he got sponge baths from one at minimum. <laughs> no, I, I actually looked into this because I was very conf- 
used by like I on his Wikipedia page, you know, it says he died in 1991 and then, you know, his wife and then it's until 1991 and then his second wife married in 1991. And I was like, what happened here? I looked into it a little further and apparently he and his wife had been separated for like three or four years and hadn't been able to agree on an amicable divorce. Okay. And finally he just said, hey, I'm dying and I want to be married to this other woman when I die instead of you. And so she said, okay, and signed the papers. It's such a slap in the face. But they have three beautiful children. Which so. wife? Did he Did he have three kids at yeah. the time? That... Yeah, he just cranked it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about Bert Convy, rest in power. And he, he hosted the show for, for its entire run on CBS. The way the show worked where there were three celebrity couples and in some ways it was similar in style and format to the newlywed game sure um it was you know not quite the same and it's obviously not newlywed couples throughout the run of the show it was promoted as basically married couples kind of hollywood couples like it would be like a uh i don't know like a ross and a rachel not quite like a like a benefer Okay. Or uh, Kristen and Dax. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Like, or like Cameron Diaz. And uh, Charles. Manson. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little known fact. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it was Hollywood couples that are kind of both known, at least on some level, because they both kind of have to be performers uh, to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So... The way the show worked, like many of these shows, after they're introduced, they... Well, first of all, unlike many of these shows, they're introduced and they are each assigned to a color in the audience. Yeah. And I'm not talking like black or white. No. I'm talking yellow. Red. And blue. Oh. Those are the three colors. Okay. In the audience. Got it. So the audience is divided into three sections, kind of in front of... Like, in the same order as the contestants are displayed on stage. And the since these people are rich and powerful. wealthy and powerful beyond our wildest dreams, what they do... this is It's basically like the Hunger Games. So you know how, like, they do this to entertain us and take our mind off of the shit that we're really right the living poverty in. And... exactly so we can so we can focus on, oh look at this fun thing we get to cheer for our team yada yada it was kind of like that because what they did was instead of these people they're so uh kind and modest instead of them hoarding all of the wealth that they earn in the show for themselves like mm-hmm. they've hoarded all the other uh wealth from our society yeah what they do is you're playing for your section, and however much money you win, your section gets to divide up the winnings at the end of the show. Oh, nice. Which is great, because there are 100 people per section, <laughs> and you could win up to like $2,000. So okay. you maybe get $20 if the show went really, really well for your yeah. contestant. Uh-huh. So pretty much pennies. They threw pennies in your face. $20 in the 70s, dude? A sock full of pennies. $20 in the 70s. You could get some blow with that. Some blow? Some blow. Okay. It's street slang for cocaine. Cocaine. So that was how kind of the setup was. So what was fun about it was you had these distinct cheering sections in the audience cheering for their own team to win, basically. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an element that you don't see on... A lot of game shows, everybody's kind of generally all clapping and applauding for everybody. Just is kind of the proper there. etiquette. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this, you're rooting for your guys and you're rooting against the other guys. So, like, if you're giving a bad answer, your your section might let you know that you're yeah. giving a bad answer, and you might want to rethink that a little bit. Direct feedback. Yeah. So, like many of these couples shows, they would. Split them off. The format changed a little bit throughout the run of the show. I think the first season had it completely, or not completely, but a significantly different format than the rest of the show. I watched um, a, an episode from the first season to get a feel for this original format. I watched episode one, actually. Ooh. The very first ever. This is on um, Amazon Prime Video. 
by the way. So if you signed up so that you could watch Tomorrow War, you've got an added bonus of you can watch Tattletales. Tattletales, which also starts with a T. Exactly, which is what actually, I don't know if you know this, but every single uh, television show and movie on Amazon Prime starts with a T. Every single one. Every single one. Queen's Gambit. Oh, that's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Which every show on Netflix starts with a Q. That's true. That's um, true. I don't know how people haven't noticed these patterns, but it's right. pretty, once once you once you realize it, it's one of those things that you go, oh my God, yeah, look at it's that. It's been there in front of my face yeah, the whole time. Exactly. So the the format for season one, um, like I said, they sep- they put the husbands back in a soundproof area backstage where they can't hear what's going on mm-hmm. with the wives. And they would present a question that should have a brief open-ended answer, basically. So it might be like, what happened on your first date with your husband? And the women at this point have to buzz in because only the first person to buzz in gets to provide an answer to this question. And so you buzz in and you say, oh, well, my husband and I... We went on a nice walk, and then we went out to dinner and had a lovely time and, and you know, fell for each other right there. Wow. Or whatever. And then they would say, okay, so now you can describe this date in either one or two words. If you can do it in one word, you can win $100. And if you do it in two words, you could win $50. So they might say, okay, I would just describe it as walk. (laughs) And then they bring all three of the husbands. They put them on little TV screens in front of the wives. They're still back in the back with big old headphones on that are, I don't know, it's playing Romstein or something in them. So they can't hear. And they, so they turn off the music. They, you know, mic them in and they say to the husbands, all right, husbands, we asked your wives, describe your first date. Buzz in if you believe that your wife answered walk and then hopefully the right man buzzes in right at that point. Uh, and if he does, they get a hundred dollars. If they don't, they, they lose, uh, we'll go on to the next question. So they had, they did two of those with the wives and then they did what they called a tattletale quickie. Don't tell. Inappropriate. That's what I say when I'm about to do a tattletale quickie. You say don't tell. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't tell. No. This is what you say. This is what you say right before you a tattletale quickie. You go. Hey, do you ever think about how like in a hundred years this isn't going to matter and no one's going to remember us? Uh huh. That is true. And then Erica's like, get in me. (laughs) No, that's when I get kicked out. Oh. Um. So the Tattletale Quickie was one multiple choice question that all three of the women had to answer. And it would be something along the lines of like one of the questions that I saw was your let's pretend that your husband can have a second wife that you that it's legal and you allow him to have a second wife. Mm -hmm. Would he choose for his second wife? A Japanese geisha, a Moroccan belly dancer, or a French fashion model. Wow. And you had to guess which one you thought your husband would say, and then they bring in the husbands to answer the questions. And it was like $100 Mm -hmm. if you got it correct, if you matched. Yeah. So that was halftime then. Then they flip a ruski and do the exact same thing the other way. That was season one. After season one, they said... This uh, tattletale quickie part seems better than the other part yeah. and less confusing. Uh-huh. So let's just make the whole show that. Right. Excellent so, adjustment. So the whole show became two questions of that to the wives and then two questions of that to the husbands yeah. afterwards. The change being that instead of 100 points per question, there were $150 total per question. Whew. That was then divided based on how many couples got it correct. So if all three got it right, everybody gets $50. If two get it right, both of those two get $75. If only one gets it correct, 
hundred fifty dollars for that. One fifty bones. That's how you build up a big lead right there. Yeah. Okay. Make the other people miss. So just distract them, flash them, you punch uh, them. I would do. I wouldn't do this anymore because it's not environmentally friendly. But you rip off a little piece of the wrapper on a straw, and you you just shoot the wrapper at someone. What was that called? Spitballs. No, well, I mean, right? that's when you... Oh, you mean like the actual loose wrapper that flutters. Right. Yeah, no, you got to like chew it up a little bit, get it wet. That's and then... disgusting. And that's also, technically, I think that's a felony. Cause... I, that's the number one way to, that COVID Delta variant is being spread, by the way, is spitballs. Yeah, and it's just a, a the small The CDC group. Just, came out and say, just came out and said that, and then in two days, they're going to come out and overrule themselves and change their mind uh, and right. tell us something different. Correct. Um, and tell us that spitballs are actually completely safe. Yeah. to the fully vaccinated. And then the next day, they're going to say that the vaccine's not real. Right. Here's the thing. If you want our scientists to make laws, which is fine, that's a, that's a fine opinion, just expect for the laws to be changed a lot because science changes a lot. That's science true. gets updated. The whole point mm-hmm. of science is to continually disprove yourself until mm-hmm. you find the truth. I don't want laws that change every 12 days. That's not. A, that doesn't sound like fun. I like laws where I can do my own research. I'm just going to do my own research. So right? the law would be you have to live by a set of laws. However, you do you need to actually do your own research. Them. Just you do your own research. <laughs> I did my own research on the vaccine. And what'd you find? Farts? Yeah, I mean, I, well, obviously, we all know about the fart spread. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I learned uh, Google. You learned Google. Yep. I did my own research. <laughs> you learned Google. What do you think that means? When people say that. Say what? I'm just going to do my own research. Like. they, What they do is. Like, oh, you trust you trust Fauci or whatever. I'll do my own research. What does that mean? What it means is the second you say that, um, it's like. Dun, 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 dun. And montage begins. So Rocky Three and it, music, and it shows you in the you like go strutting into a library, and it's like dun, dun dun, and every time it duns like that, you're throwing another book on the table, and so by the end of this, and the song starts to pick up, you've got about eight or nine t- textbooks stacked up, mm-hmm. real thick, little thick right. puppies, and so you're going through it, and you're wearing glasses. You don't mm-hmm. wear glasses in your real life, but in the montage, obviously, to show that you're reading. And all these textbooks are brand new textbooks that were just written about this brand new vaccine. Right. Okay. Correct. And you had purchased them from Amazon. Okay. And but then you took them to the library for the purposes of to show that you're in a library, so people know <laughs> okay. clearly you're researching. Right. Do you buy the glasses on Amazon also? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Those were Warby Parkers. Okay. <laughs> and so now you're and you're doing it, and then mm-hmm. the montage ends, and you will have absorbed all the information, and that is you doing your research. Do you know actually in uh, Romeo and Juliet? Which one? The one, the one with the guns? No, the oh. William Shakespeare one. Oh, okay. He actually originally, uh, the potion that uh, Romeo took was the COVID vaccine. Really? Yeah. That's how. That's why it knocked him out. But why? He was in good health and a young kid? Because back then they knew that the COVID vaccine was bad for you. We forgot. We forgot. <laughs> It was lost in the text. That happens, right? Through it, absolutely. Like there were things like we forget about, our history. the Dark Ages. Remember those? No, not really, because there's not a lot left over to study. About exactly. Okay. Nothing happened. Progression. <laughs> Nothing. Hu- human progression stopped. Yeah. And we just had weird like wars of the roses. We fought wars over flowers because we didn't know what the fuck was going on in the world. Yeah. Anyway, you tattletale bitch. This show. Where were we? What were we talking about? We well, were how talking we about that? how did we get the laws? Ninety percent of the time on this show, I Hold just on. wonder how did we get. Hold here? on, I'm good with this. We were talking about laws. Okay. Uh, you said you want to make your own law. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. Bird law. Nope, not bird law. Oh. Um. And bird flu. Okay. Sure. Also fake. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so. You're usually pretty good at figuring that out. I know. Out. This is the we first got time so think, far down the rabbit hole this, this is, time that it was, was like impossible. Far. The entrance to the rabbit hole caved in behind us it already. Did. So the, there were $150 per 
Uh, I feel like that's a pretty good. What's around where we were? I don't yeah, know that why is where we, we were. I don't know why. So I started yeah. doing something about doing my own research or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one hundred fifty dollars to be divided up amongst the teams that got it right. And then, however, in the fourth and final question, it was three hundred dollars instead of one hundred and fifty. How so would you, you ever up. get to two thousand dollars? Could catch up because they added a thousand dollars to to the score every time. Oh, okay. To the winning team. Got it. But if there was a tie, they would add five hundred dollars to the two tied teams. Okay. So that's how you might get to two thousand dollars. So this show promoted socialism. Uh, yes, but only on the a winners. surface level, so that the people in charge could still maintain their power and their riches, <laughs> and only divide up all of the poor people's money amongst the poor people's. Okay. Because you know that uh, the elite are going mm, to cling to what they've got. Yeah. So, yeah. The the very first episode of this show that I watched, uh, is these celebrity couples. And granted, this is 1974. Yeah. But I was like, don't know who either of those people are. Don't know who either of those people are. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> that was how I reacted pretty yeah. much. Because one of everybody the, knows him. One of the couples was Jerry Stiller, rest in peace, rest in power, and his wife Ann Mira. And I didn't know this, but they met at the precursor to Second City in Chicago. Okay, and they became a comedy team called Stiller and Mira, and they toured the country doing a husband and wife comedy act for years and they had like albums released and things like that and then after i don't know maybe a decade of doing that they said this is going to ruin our marriage we have to stop doing this (laughs) so they did interesting and she kind of uh turned to being more of like a, a writer and playwright and things like that and he kept being jerry stiller they had two children one of them that you know about one of them you don't so they were on this first episode. There were two other couples of people that were ostensibly well-known at the time that, like I said, I didn't really know. But Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira did not win this, this first episode. In fact, what? it was won by a guy named Bobby Van and his wife, Elaine Joyce. She was a younger woman. I believe she was his second wife. Okay. But... um they won the show, and then in 1980, Bobby Van died of brain cancer. Everybody we talk about on this show dies of a brain problem. I'm noticing a theme. This is three straight weeks, and two people, two prominent people in this very episode mm-hmm. that have brain death. This is not good. What do you think it means for us? Having talked about all these, having researched all these, watched all these. What if it has to do with the camera, right? There's always a camera involved in these games. So you think the the camera pointing at people's heads is beaming cancer brain into them? Yeah. I buy it. What What else could it be? Listen, after a significant amount of my own research... I think I just said significant mount. I think I skipped the A. Mount. Well, usually you're mounting the problem. I, I mounted the problem. I did my own research mm-hmm. here. And I've determined that, yes, pointing a camera at your brain will give you brain cancer inevitably. Wow. It's like watching The Ring. Seven days later, you die. But it could be a little longer. With I was going to say, it thing. seems like it's probably years could be a, years a little longer. longer. But, I mean, Bert Convy was not that old when he died. He was like 57 or something like that. 56, maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of just guessing right now. Mm -hmm. And neither was Bobby Van. He was, you know, quite a bit older than Elaine Joyce. But his brain exploded on him at a premature age. I guess it didn't explode. Last, the last two weeks, we're talking about exploding brains. Yeah. This time, we're talking about brains just getting eaten alive by... By self themselves. Yeah. I guess white blood cells. By crazy... No, that's like AIDS you're thinking of, I think. Um, by just abnormal cells, yeah, that cancer cells to grow. Exactly, malignant cancer cells. Yeah. We speaking of speaking of 
death. Malignant cancer cells are kind of just cells. like a uh, mob mentality. They just keep. They're like, yeah, you know one what? That's, there's just you know one what? That's Fuck like, this brain. You're one right. That's like, you know what? Hey, I want to do this, and the other guy's like, whoa, I'm gonna do that too, and the other one does the same thing, and then by the time you know it, it's January 6th at the United States Capitol. <laughs> Exactly. That's how it went. Exactly. Because those people are a cancer on our society. Mm -hmm. Boom, I brought it all around. And I'm uncanceled now, by the way. (laughs) Thank you, liberal elite. Oh, man. Can you uncancel someone? I should do that. Um, What about uh, Cosby? You uncancel Cosby? Didn't we as a society? We let him out. No. Because here's the thing. We as a society, as an enlightened society, Mm -hmm. We want prison to be about, not punishment, about rehabilitation. Yes. We want felons to be able to vote, to get back into society. Have to, guns. To, do, I don't, do we? Oh, have guns, to vote, to get gain willful employment without having that pox on their record. Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby has answered for his crimes. How long was he in jail? I don't know, like 17 minutes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 17 minutes. Less, less cumulative time than all the women were unconscious that he raped. Oh, no. So, oh, yeah, I was saying, speaking of brain cancer yeah. cancer and stuff, we just watched on the peacock. Of course you have. On the, the cock, as I call it. Mm-hmm. I got it for free. I didn't willfully pay for it. Although it is showing some Olympic stuff that's not on the main NBC. Because you know how it's in Japan. And it's one of those bad Olympics where we already know the results of everything before they're on TV. So why am I going to watch it? ESPN already sent me a push notification 14 hours ago telling me what happened. (laughs) So the Dr. Death is a podcast, much like this one, which I believe our Peacock TV show is coming. Yeah. Um. If there's anybody that's going to be on the cock, it's going to be me. So <laughs> Dr. Death was a podcast, was then a show starring Joshua Jackson, um, a.k.a. Pacey from Dawson's Creek, a.k.a. Charlie from the Mighty Ducks, Alec Baldwin, a.k.a. Annoying Trump impersonation for five years, and uh, Christian Slater, a.k.a. Stuff that Christian Slater's in. A lot, but nobody can really Who name cares? a single one. Exactly. Um, and so... We were watching this show, and it is about a true story of a doctor, a, a neurosurgeon, you might say, because that was his title. Loosely, yeah. Yeah. And he was in Plano. Baylor. Baylor, Plano. And he just um, didn't really know how to do surgery and just killed a bunch of people and mm-hmm. maimed Including a bunch of people. his best friend. And paralyzed his best friend yeah. because he was... Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Like he had like a God complex. Okay. He thought that he was a God and he used those words himself Mm -hmm. in emails that were used in his trial. Um, And he would just go in and like other people would be like, "Uh, that, that needs to be further to the left. And he'd be like, I know what I'm doing. Shut the fuck up. Give me suction. And then he would just take a fucking hammer and just be hammering shit into people's backs. backs. And uh, like he fucked up one surgery and he was like, oh, no, there's cancer. Seal him up. And it was just a piece of the dude's neck muscle that he cut out. So he's in prison for life. Um, But not after, uh, not until after like two years of him being allowed to just keep doing that over and over. And I was going to say, the craziest part of that story is not that this guy is insane. Yes, that's a a tractor to the story. Mm -hmm. The craziest part of the story is that there were records of him doing this and hospitals did not share this with other hospitals. They They wanted to keep their mistakes because he was technically, they were liable because they had employed him. They wanted to keep it hush hush, so they don't. There was no central server or process for these records to be shared between hospitals. And he could have been stopped earlier. Yeah, you just hopped around between hospitals once, like he would like fuck up like four straight surgeries at a hospital, and they'd be like, "You can't do this here anymore. You seem bad." It was the Catholic priest situation. 
Whoa. That's what happened. They would just shift him to another yeah. uh, parish. Where he could just or... rape people's necks. So they could just rape away. Wow. Yeah, so... Rape you in the morning, if you rape got, you in the If evening. you got Peacock because of the Olympics, maybe check it out. It's not that good, but it's a pretty interesting story. The podcast story was great. Because he was... Uh, is... Just a totally insane person. And He's probably better now because jail is a, a rehabilitation. A high function, a very high functioning insane person who is rehabilitated. And I think we should let him out right now. I agree. I would let him operate on me tomorrow. You would? Yeah. Because I be- that's how much I believe in the rehabilitation in the rehabilitative of power of prison. Yeah. <laughs> so this ties in to the game show. Sure. I'm sure it does. Because of the cancer and the brain Part of it. Yeah. yeah. So it, there were mostly married couples on this show, kind of, I think probably because it ran for over a thousand episodes, as all these shows did because they would be on daily for years. They struggled with casting at a certain point. So they would sometimes do non-married couples or maybe even non-romantic couples. I think always a man and a woman. Like they would like, uh, because Goodson and Todman also did Match Game, like uh, Charles Nelson Riley, who we talked about on Match Game, who is famously uh, gay, he was on there with twice, two different times, uh, I believe, once with like a lesbian woman as his partner, uh-huh. and then once with just like a close friend of his. Um. So so they would they would do those from time to time. Do and they think that? Like a lesbian woman, do you think they do gay people cancel the gay out? Well, well, I think, I mean, at the time, they're obviously not like advertising like this gay and lesbian. Like <laughs> you might know if you're in the know or if you're like, if you have good awareness about those things. It's not like they like, it's not like the New York Times is like gay comedian Charles Nelson Riley. Like that was still taboo yeah. at the time. So I, I don't know that they necessarily thought anything. They were just like, oh, well, we can't have this lesbian on with her husband and we can't have this gay guy on with his wife. So jam them together and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but obviously you have to have some sort of relationship with this person or the show's not going to work sure. at all. Because you have you, to have the backstory. Yeah, and the, yeah. exactly. Um, and then in the 80s version, they would kind of do specialty weeks from time to time after it got brought back in the 80s where they would do... Uh, parent and child or two best friends or roommates or things along those lines where there would, there would be a week of shows like that. Um, because again, how many celebrity couples can you possibly have? Here's the thing. Maybe at a certain point they are not quite celebrity yet, but after they go on the show, then they're celebrity. That's what makes them a celebrity. Yeah. So you can still say a celebrity couple, and it could just—it's just two people that nobody has just ever seen. Just you and Jonda. Correct. I would watch it. I would be on it, and then I would count you guys as a part of the influencer Razi, and I would cancel you, and I would not care anymore. <laughs> so they did that. The there were a lot of, like I said, because of the Goods and Tobin relationship, like Alan Ludden and Betty White. Alan Ludden, who hosted Password, and his wife Betty White. There were there were just all sorts of like crossover people like that on this show as the as the celebrities all the time yeah it so it aired from 74 to 78 there was a nightly or a weekly syndicated version for the last couple years of that as well the one issue was it got moved around the time slots a lot uh based on competition from from other programming on the other networks and then eventually it got pushed to like super early in like 10 a.m eastern 9 a.m central to make room for Price is Right, which is still to this day at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Insane. And then it its viewership dwindled and it got canceled in 78. After a couple of years and, you know, probably several other failed game shows rotating through the networks, CBS decided, hey, Goodson and Todman, why don't we go ahead and bring this back? And so they brought it back. Like I said, from 82 to 84, a few more seasons on CBS. And you probably think that's the end of it. That is the end of it. It's all over after that. 
until the year 2021 rolled around. No, no. And the streaming platform HBO Max came a calling. Uh And they said, hey, Steph Curry and wife Aisha Curry, why don't you guys be the new Goodson and Todman and let's make a new Tattletales on HBO Max with you and your celeb friends competing. I doubt this is real. This is, yep, I made it up actually right now. I haven't done improv in so long because of the pandemic that this is, this is my outlet, baby. This is it. No, so there is a new version coming to HBO Max in the next year or so, produced by Steph and Aisha Curry, who also produced, um, what, Holy Moly? Great show. Holy Moly, not exactly a game show, mm, more of a competition show, yeah. I'd say. Yep. A, an extreme putt-putt golf competition show Absolutely. on ABC, I believe. Uh-huh. And so now they're moving on to a real, more of a game show situation here. And instead of playing for the audience... Because fuck the little people. I agree. They're playing for charity. Because that is a tax write-off for them. That's not really... I don't care about It's a that, tax though. write-off for them. They're only doing it for the tax write-off. So yeah, there's going to be a new version. There, The description of the new version has me a little worried, if I'm being quite frank. Why is that? Because it says things like, we'll introduce new elements like physical challenges. This isn't double dare. What is a physical challenge in Tattletales? You're trying to tell stories about each other is kind of the point of the game. That's I why bet, it's called Tattle. I bet part of it is pantomime. Like a uh, charades, charades. A yeah. charade situation? I bet they bring in a charades element to it. I, I guess Because it's be fun to watch your loved one flail like an idiot <laughs> as you try and guess what they're trying to depict as you just guess the same thing over and over <laughs> even though it was not right the first bird. 17 times. it's bird there there was also an australian and a brazilian version of this the two countries that i would most assume would have adapted this were australia and brazil sure. and they didn't let me down they did it and now there's going to be a streaming version it's a whole different country it's not something that I would think HBO Max would be. I, it is a little weird because... But also everything they do is good, so... Yeah, but game show is generally like an appointment viewing type of thing. It's not like a binge viewing type of thing, so it's weird. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of seen some of the Netflix ones that we've talked about before, though, so... Right. Hopefully it's better than Floor is Lava. Hope it's better than that. Yeah, that was a bad show. But yeah, uh, were you wet? Like, I guess you could still be as an adult. But were or are you mm-hmm. a tattletale? You tell on people? Yes. You, you run a teacher and tell on people? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. But when I was younger, I was a huge snitch. Were you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was short term. I was focused on the short term friend, as you will. So whoever is with me in that moment, I want to please and be friends with that person right right now. So sometimes a lot of the easiest way to get this person to pay attention to me mm-hmm. was to tell them some hot goss. Okay. And it was from, you know, I didn't care who it was. My focus was this person in front of me. Hot goss is good. I'll take anybody, any, somebody I call my friend, family, whatever. Throw them under the bus. Throw them under the bus. Now we're friends. Now I go over to someone else. This person's out of my, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Out of sight, out of mind, friend. Now it's time to spread their goss. Now around. I get their goss because I've I've opened up a, a portal of openness and communication because they're like, oh, this person shares information with me. I like to share them some with him. So now I come armed with this information stolen from this person, and now I drop it on this person. And so that ends at about four of those renditions. <laughs> then you have no friends. <laughs> and then real quick, people stop to, you know, open up to you. And now you have... You, and now you're alone and you're on mushrooms and you're crying and on the couch. And now you have no hot goss. Your goss is cold. Everybody's seen it. Yeah. So... Was this ever to authority figures or just other peers? Like, did you like go to teachers and be like, well, you were out of the room. Uh, this person did this or, or anything like that. No. I feel like you probably got told on. I got told on a lot, but it's because I was always 
doing bad shit. Yeah, something goofy trying to get people <laughs> to laugh. But why were those little bitches telling on you? I mean, because they were just, I can't judge them though. They were just like me. They were like, they just had some hot goss and then he didn't tell the teacher. They had some hot goss for the teach. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I can think of a specific time you got told on and I was also involved. Uh oh. So I'm going to take everybody now quickly to the seedy underbelly of high school theater. Oh, no. And when I was in ninth grade and you were in 10th grade because you were a year ahead of me because you skipped a grade. No, not true. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> uh, you're older than me. Right. By like six months. Uh-huh. So the we were in theater together and there was what the International Thespian Society mm-hmm. was a, a thing that you could be a member of somehow. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know how it worked or whatever. You had to pay your dues and yeah. become a member. So we had a, I believe it was at like a cast party mm-hmm. for one of the plays that we were in. Yeah. After each play, after the last night of each play, everybody, the cast and crew usually would get together and go and have a party and at someone's house. slam puss. Because uh, mm. I mean, theater kids. Theater kids, yeah. You know us. So... We were at a cast party. It was at this guy Patrick's house, I think. Yeah. And he was also a sophomore like you. Mm -hmm. He was on the tech side. And so there were a few of the sophomores that were in the thespian society. um, Took a few of the like newly initiated freshman members of the thespian. uh, all, All male on both fronts. Yeah. And took us into a bedroom at the house. Mm hmm. Uh, went to the closet and took the coat hanger rod off of the wall. In it the was the closet. rod? It was the rod from the coat Yikes. hanger, that wooden rod thing. Oh, the wooden thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The wooden rod that goes across that you can hang stuff on. Took one of those off and then had us um, bend over a bed. I don't think it was a rod because we broke stuff and it was like... I think that... It was wooden. I think it broke. It was... No, no. It was wooden. That rod is a thick rod. You have to... I mean... But it's long. So if you've got like the right fulcrum point... I thought it was like those... Like not this thin, but like the paint splatter things. Oh. Like thicker than that, but not... But what what, what do you have on hand that is that but thicker? I'm pretty sure it was like a... Okay. a, A... Clothes hanger rod. Okay. I don't know what you call that. And you spanked us all with it. Mm-hmm. It was a form of, it was a gentleman's hazing is what it was. And, and then I remember, I guess it was like the next like Monday or Tuesday. Pretty shortly. I, I can't remember if it was like the right away after or whatever. Pretty, yeah. But I remember I get like, I'm in class at school. I get a note saying I need to go to the principal's office. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Who tattled on me? <laughs> <laughs> Whose ass am I going to have to beat here? Uh-huh. So I go to the principal's office and they say, uh, we have heard that there was a school play cast party on Saturday night and this and this happened. Mm-hmm. And then like asking me for details about it. And I remember being like, because uh, I was trying to not be a snitch about it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, that, you know, that, that did happen. And it was like, were you, were, were you uncomfortable? And I was like, I mean, in what sense? And I, I'll never forget the vice principal goes, did you like it? <laughs> He's just trying to get you to say no. <laughs> I know, Holy but it sounded so homoerotic the yeah. way he ended up saying it. Wow. Like, Did you like it? And I was like, no. no. What are you doing later? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I remember that. And then I just remember like uh, telling probably you guys like, or I, I assume everybody, the word was out at that point yeah. that this investigation was going on. Yeah. And then like there being like, who the fuck told blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And nobody ever, I don't think, fessed up to being the one who told, although I think we all know who it was. 
Yeah. I don't really know. Ever. They, I got pulled in by the the teacher. And then you guys got like <clears throat> banned from being in any future plays that year or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. You didn't get suspended or anything like that, no. though, right? Now like, you would be like sent to jail. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like when I was so you're just you're so dumb as a kid. Mm-hmm. You're so, so stupid. You have no idea how the world works. So when you're pulled into an office like that and you're questioned, you could easily just not answer. Lawyer. But it's like not even an option. They know that you're terrified and you don't understand right. that you don't have the option mm-hmm. to not answer. Mm-hmm. So you always usually end up fessing up. I, I got in trouble one time and they told me, they pulled me in and they, they said the principal of the VP was like, what do you, what is, what do you want to do? What is something you're looking forward to? Clearly he's has no idea who I am and he's trying to assess a proper punishment. Right. But I answer honestly and say, oh, there's this fun skate tournament at Eisenberg's coming up. I really can't wait to go to that. And he goes, you're not going to that. (laughs) And I was like, what is he, your dad now? Oh, no, he got me. It was a, I think it was a school. That reminds me of the, I'll try and tell this quickly, although it probably deserves more time, unfortunately. There was a time when we were in college you don't have to stop at an hour the people demand if it's a good that we story do. it's a good story the when we were in college and i don't think i've told this on here before so hopefully i'm not repeating myself the the producers are saying no we have not okay good it was freshman year and final exam week and so everybody's being like boring and studying and stuff and so me you and our sweet mate at college scotty mm-hmm. Um, like go to Walmart and discover by happenstance that they sell paintball guns at Walmart. And so we buy a pair of paintball guns at Walmart. I think, yeah. Okay. Or we had one and bought one or something along those lines. I don't really remember, but Scotty also had a convertible. And so what we decided would be fun Mm -hmm would be to drive around with the top down in the convertible because there were three of us and two guns. So one driver and two people in the backseat with the guns and we could shoot at like street signs as like moving target practice. Yeah. Basically. So I want to be clear right away for legal purposes. Sure. That we were not shooting at any people. No. We were not shooting at any cars or houses. Mm Mm-mm. We were actually just like shooting like speed limit signs and street signs and things like that because we thought, look how cool it is. We're going like 40 miles an hour and shooting this sign or whatever. Yeah. And then slamming on the brakes to abide by the stop sign. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So we're around doing it. And it's probably, I don't know, one in the morning. Yeah, it's pretty late. Something like this. It's, It's pretty late. We've got exams the next morning. And we are kind of exhausting our territory so we're like driving all around town because we need to find more signs and stuff we can't just be sitting in the same spot dude it gets boring we've already pwned plenty of stop signs (laughs) in one particular area so we're driving around and i believe you are driving yes yes yeah so you are driving and scotty and i are in the back seat with the guns and we're driving by a parking lot and i see a police car in that parking lot and I'm like, shit, shit, cop, cop, cop. And we put like put the guns down so they're, you know, below eye level of looking into the car. And he starts to pull out of the parking lot. And either me or Scotty was like, turn into this neighborhood. And so you get in the left turn lane, but it's like a stoplight. And we hit a red. And the cop gets into the left turn lane behind us. And we're, so we've got like time while we're sitting at this red light to be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, maybe he like saw one of us with our with our guns gun. up or something yeah. like that um and let's uh we were just we were just driving to a field and we just had the guns like we because neither of us had fired the, the guns in a couple minutes yeah. so we knew that he hadn't seen it so we we're like uh all right we, we were going to a field to shoot each other uh because we wanted open space where nobody else was around sure and so the light turns the cop turns his lights on we pull into the neighborhood and pull over and we're sitting there kind of continuing to discuss our story. And 
then we hear over like a megaphone thing. Everybody in the car, put your hands in the air. And so we did. And then they pointed laser pointers at the back of your head. I remember, I remember Scotty leaning over to me and saying, what's on Motney's head? And there was a red dot uh-huh. and just about pissing ourselves. And so they handcuff all of us one by one. They instructed us to get out of the car and with our backs to them and all this stuff. And they one by one handcuff us and put us all into three separate cop cars. And then question us all like individually about what was going on. And, and I, I remember just like answering truthfully, whatever. And the, you know, them kind of trying to, I don't know, like egg us on into saying whatever and moving like this is what we were doing. I'm telling yeah. you the truth. And I remember, so what eventually they let us all out and we're all three sitting on the curb together. And this is where this story finally ties back in was I remember us talking about what, what we were said to the cops and what the cops were saying to us. And Scotty saying that the cop said, what's your major? <clears throat> and Scotty answered, I'm pre-med. And the cop said, not with a felony on your record. You're not. So that was his big threat. That was, yeah. he, he took away Scotty's medical school. <laughs> Scotty shouldn't have said pre-med is what I'm saying. Yeah. He should have said physical education or something. And then watching him go, I mean, you could probably still get through that, but a felony (laughs) is a bad idea. And then we were all released and never charged with anything. So, well, what happened is crime pays kids. We were sitting in the back of the cop car and heard all of these reports coming over this, this radio of different areas that they had seen paint. And it was only a couple. Yeah. So we had to. They go. had people like looking around for because somebody apparently had seen us and called the police on us. Right. And reported that we were shooting. They were allegedly, according to what the police told us, they had reports that we were driving by and shooting people's houses. We did not shoot a single person's house yeah. at any point in time. And that was why they said they pulled us over. And like, I remember they told me that like. Um, shooting a projectile from a moving vehicle was a felony and it was a separate count for each one. Yeah. And I remember me like, so how many did you shoot? And I was like, ah, like 15. And it was like 700 or something. Yeah. <laughs> 700 felony. Dude, think about if you, if you had to go to jail. I'd be in jail and, longer than Cosby. Well, if you went to jail and they'd be like, what are you in here for? You were like 700 Rehabilitation. They'd be like, 700 felonies, do not fuck with this guy. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm rehabilitated now, so. Yeah. The system works. Uh, Yeah, so just don't be a tattletale. (laughs) It doesn't pay. But maybe go on tattletales if you're a powerful person that has the connections to do so. Right, Brangelina. Brangelina will be on the next Seth Curry version of Tattletales. Mm -hmm. My sources say. Unless something happens in their relationship before then. Right. So what did you think of this show? On a one to five buzzer scale, maybe. Or do you owe improvements? Do you have improvements? Make it betters? No, and here's why. Wow. Perfect game show. No. The perfect show. No, and here's why. No improvements. This show, to me, is operating at full potential Uh and just doing what it intends to do. It is what it is. It just is what it is. I give it a three buzzers. It's slightly above average. It, it, I didn't have any dislikes because, I mean, no aspect of the show was really standing out as something unique. I guess that's one dislike. It was mm-hmm. just super average of a show. I thought mm-hmm. I liked the structure. I enjoyed that the bickering was a side, a fun side thing. It didn't, right. that wasn't the backbone. They didn't want these couples to bicker and fight with each other. Everybody was charismatic because they were all famous actors. Right. But it just it was just skating right on average for me. I had the exact same score, three out of five buzzers. And I feel about the same. I don't know that there's necessarily a way to make this better other than... Uh, oh, I know, actually. So this is basically played out the same exact way, but... Instead of just the big prize being, oh, you won money for your audience section, Mm -hmm. the winning 
rich couple is the one that gets to survive. <laughs> and the other two, we eat the rich and we divide the wealth amongst ourselves. So sort of a Hunger Games. So if you're if you're in the audience, you're rooting for your team to lose because because you're hungry. You're you're eating the rich and you're taking what you are owed from them. Wow. That's a pretty big adjustment to the game. I think that would bump it up to three and a half buzzers. <laughs> I guarantee you people would watch that show though. No shit. As long as you didn't show the eating of the people, you that would be people. Oh would yeah, you're right. Nobody watched Silence of the Lambs. Nobody ever watched that show. <laughs> Think about it. It's it's one movie out of Think about thousands it. and thousands of movies. There was a whole TV show called Hannibal mm-hmm. on NBC. You want to talk about even more a larger sample size television shows? I'm just saying. People love watching people eat other people. I don't think so. People All do right. love I guess, watching. I guess, I guess we'll see. Steph Curry, the ball is in your court. I know you're used to oh, that. Oh, no. All right. That has been Tattletales. Don't get brain cancer. Yeah. Everybody just needs to stop getting brain cancer. Number one recommendation coming out of this episode is don't get brain cancer. Yeah. I'm going to try and practice what I preach. And not. We better turn off this fucking camera then. Then I guess we will. Check us out on Instagram and all the other places that we don't post anything. And listen to us and subscribe. And yep, we'll see you guys next week. See you on the tattletale. Hey, hey, don't fucking snitch. <laughs>